In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. There are a lot of things that I really just love about serving on the clergy team here at the Advent. But one of the things that I really cherish, uh, you might not expect, uh, and that is that I get to sit uh, right over here most Sundays and listen to an incredibly articulate, cross-centered sermon delivered here uh, while looking at these incredible south transept windows. Uh, I often will uh, hear the sermon and, and gaze at the image of Jesus on the cross or think on the wonderful, bold declaration at the top window, it is finished, or about the new life offered in the resurrection. Then there's this other window, it's kind of tucked over to the right, some of you can't see it from, from where you're sitting now, Jesus is up in the air, uh, no wires. Have you ever noticed it? Or have you, like me, uh, sort of looked right past it to the cross and the resurrection? I I don't mind telling you that I I really haven't always given a lot of thought to the ascension of Jesus. I haven't really always known what to do with it, to be honest. Do you? The disciples had been under Jesus' teaching. They had watched him die, and now they had spent over a month with the resurrected Jesus. And they didn't seem to know what to do with the ascension either. So this morning, I wanted to ask, what does the ascension mean? And is it cool, or is it good news? I should say, is it just cool, or is it good news? So we see in this passage from Acts, the 11 disciples, they're all standing there. Not far from Jerusalem, it's 40 days after the resurrection. And they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? One of the commentaries uh, that I read on this passage quoted the great reformer, John Calvin, who said, uh, there are as many problems with that question as there are words. But we can see uh, why they made the mistakes they made. They envisioned a kingdom like every other kingdom. It was a, they envisioned an independent state right there in the promised land with Jesus as the king sitting on his throne in the capital city of Jerusalem. They were expecting a kingdom uh, not unlike David's kingdom. But in that time, in that place, isolating and exalting Once again, the people of Israel as the chosen people of God. Pretty reasonable expectations, really. But they were all wrong. See, what they couldn't quite see yet was that the kingdom of God is found in the individual heart where God has set His rule by the Holy Spirit. Not just there and in that place, but anywhere in the world. And not just in that time, but any time, throughout the ages. They said, will you set it up, Jesus? And Jesus said, no, you will. You will. Now that makes us squirm a little bit, maybe, because we know it's not about us, right? It's about Him. 
Christianity is not about what we do, but about what He has done for us. We are justified by faith and not by works. And of course, that's all true. But look at the text. Jesus, they asked Jesus, will you restore the kingdom? And Jesus says, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you and you will be my witnesses. Because the kingdom of God is a, it's a new kind of kingdom. It's not advanced by a declaration of war and by powerful soldiers, but by a declaration of grace and by faithful witnesses who, who are ambassadors, those who are willing and wanting to tell the story with faithful words and gracious deeds. It's not a kingdom which is limited to a particular place or a particular time period, but across the world, in any place, in any ethnicity, at any time, throughout the centuries. They said, Jesus, will you restore the kingdom? And Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. Now we can imagine their questions about this. Their reactions, their their fears on any number of levels. And we can imagine those probably because we have felt them or do feel them uh, ourselves. These same fears. They might have thought, Jesus, you know, I'm really busy. And we've had a great run, but, you know, I've got a family to feed. I've got a business and clients to take care of. I've got a mortgage to pay. I've got aging parents to care for. I've got... Swim team, carpool to run? And Jesus' answer is the ascension. Or they might have thought, you know, Jesus, I'm not qualified. I'm just a fisherman. Or a tax collector. I mean, that worked out okay when we were with you, Jesus, because people were looking at you. But but you want me to do it? I'm not qualified. I hadn't had the right training. I'm not sure it's my calling. I'm an Episcopalian, for heaven's sakes. My favorite verse on evangelism is Mark 8.30. You know that, right? Jesus charged them to tell no one who He was. (laughs) Jesus' answer is the ascension. Think about how a bottle rocket goes up in one place but explodes in beauty over over a wide area. Jesus' ascension is like that, but on a cosmic scale. If He had stayed on earth, He could only be on earth at, at one place at a time. But like, sort of like that little bottle rocket before it takes off. Only those who are physically near Jesus would have access to Him. Maybe you and I could go and take a pilgrimage to go see Him, but we could never be assured of His presence with us. His abiding with us, dwelling with us. Like that bottle rocket, Jesus rose up so that that His presence could explode in beauty across time and space. He rose up then so that He could be with us now. He rose up by Himself so that He could be with all of us. He rose up bodily so that He could come down spiritually. He rose up finitely so He could come down infinitely. He rose up in that time and in that place so He could be in every time and in every place. The disciples said, 
Will you restore the kingdom, Jesus said. No, you will, but it is in the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the ascended Jesus' presence with us as He is seated at the right hand of the Father. So friends, it's not our work. It's His work. It's His work in us and through us. and, And actually, it's part of His great grace to us. Anywhere and everywhere. Anytime and every time. He will be with us always, even to the end of the age, because of the ascension. Does that encourage you? Doesn't that just lift up your heart to know that we sinners who are saved by His grace have not been left to fend for ourselves, but that He is with us? And that He will even use knuckleheads like us, unqualified and busy though we may be, that He will use us for His great purposes. The same pure and righteous God by whom and for whom all things were created. The same King Jesus by whom all things hold together. Born in a Bethlehem manger to a virgin mother who lived the life that we should have lived and died the death that we deserve to die. He rose again to defeat death and He's called us to everlasting life. That He ascended from that spot outside of Jerusalem so that He could be here with us in this room in our hearts right now. Right now. Jesus said, you will be my witnesses. Of course you're not qualified. None of us are. Because it's not about you. It's about Him. Of course you're busy. Talent is always busy. But perhaps He has put you right where you are busy to be a witness right there in your business, in your community, in your family. I mean, some of us are called to the ends of the earth and and Jesus will, of course, be right there with those people. But some of us us are called to stay in Jerusalem to be a witness to the love of God and in their own community, by running businesses ethically, by treating clients and employees and competitors with dignity and respect, by helping a neighbor through grief, by loving families and pouring into marriages and running carpool. See, Jesus is with you. He is for you and He is in you and He is able to work through you and it's all because of the ascension. And the final thing to lift up this morning is that He is coming back. He is coming back. The angel said that He's coming back the same way He left. Although we know from the witness of the rest of Scripture that when He comes, He's not going to be alone. That great hymn declares thousand, thousand saints attending swell the triumph of His train. It is going to be glorious. It won't be a private affair like the ascension was, but every eye will see it, Revelation tells us, all the way back through the ages, even those who pierced Him. Jesus is coming back to rule and to reign. And it's not for us to know when. Not for us to know the times or the seasons, he says, but to trust in his word and to look for his return. And we know that in this interim gap, this gap between the ascension and his coming back, that that he is with us to save us, to redeem us, to comfort us, to convict us, to restore us, to bless us, to catch us, and my God, to use us.
to use us, each of us. It's the mission of His church. It is for His glory. Jesus, will you restore the kingdom? And Jesus said, no, you will be my witnesses. Amen.